Good afternoon and welcome to the San Francisco Board of Supervisors for today, Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. Madam Clerk, could you please call the roll? Thank you, Mr. President. Supervisor Chan. Present. Chan present. Supervisor Dorsey. Present. Dorsey present. Supervisor Engardio. Present. Engardio present. Supervisor Mandelman. Mandelman present. Supervisor Melgar. Present. Melgar present. Supervisor Peskin. Present. Peskin present. Supervisor Preston. Preston present, Supervisor Ronan. Ronan present, Supervisor Safai. Safai present, Supervisor Stephanie. Stephanie present, and Supervisor Walton. Walton present. Mr. President, all members are present. Thank you, Madam Clerk. The San Francisco Board of Supervisors acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatushaloni, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatushaloni have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatushaloni community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Colleagues, please join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge Madam Clerk, do we have any communications? Yes, Mr. President. The San Francisco Board of Supervisors welcomes all interested persons to attend this meeting in the Board's Legislative Chamber in City Hall, second floor, room 250, or you may watch the proceeding on SFGOV-TV's channel 26, or view the live stream at www.sfgovtv.org. To submit your public comment in writing, uh, send to the email address bos at sfgov.org, or use the U.S. Postal Service and send to the San Francisco Board of Supervisors the number one, Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place, City Hall, room 244, San Francisco, California, 94102, to make a reasonable accommodation request under the Americans with Disabilities uh, Act, the ADA, or to request language assistance. Please contact the clerk's office at least two business days in advance by calling 415-554-5184. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Is there a motion to approve the January 9th, 2024 minutes? Motion made by Supervisor Walton, seconded by Supervisor Mandelman. On that motion made and seconded, a roll call, please. On the minutes, Supervisor Safai. Safai, aye. Supervisor Stephanie? Aye. Stephanie, aye. Supervisor Walton? Aye. Walton, aye. Supervisor Chan? Aye. Chan, aye. Supervisor Dorsey? Aye. Dorsey, aye. Supervisor Ringardio? Ringardio, aye. Supervisor Mandelman? Aye. Mandelman, aye. Supervisor Melgar? Aye. Melgar, aye. Supervisor Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Supervisor Preston? Aye. Preston, aye. And Supervisor Ronan? Ronan, aye. There are 11 ayes. That motion is approved. Madam Clerk, would you please call the consent agenda? Items 1 and 2 are on consent. These items are considered to be routine. If a member objects, an item may be removed and considered separately. Seeing no names on the roster, we will take those items same house, same call, 
those ordinances are finally passed. Next item, please. Item three, this is an ordinance to prohibit the recreation and park and planning departments from performing environmental review of or otherwise implementing a project to clean up and reconstruct the Marina Yacht Harbor in a manner that would extend the West Harbor Marina by more than 150 feet from its current boundary. Colleagues, we need a motion to excuse Supervisor Stephanie for the reasons stated last week. Motion made by Supervisor Safai, second by Supervisor Mandelman. We will take that motion without objection. Supervisor Stephanie is excused and on the item, a roll call, please. On item three, Supervisor Safai. Aye. Safai, aye. Supervisor Walton. Walton, aye. Supervisor Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. Supervisor Dorsey. Dorsey, aye. Supervisor Engardio. Engardio, aye. Supervisor Mandelman. Aye. Mandelman, aye. Supervisor Melgar. Aye. Melgar, aye. Supervisor Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. Supervisor Preston. Preston, aye. And Supervisor Ronan. Ronan, aye. There are 10 ayes. This ordinance is finally passed and Supervisor Stephanie may return. Madam Clerk, next item, please. Item four, this is an ordinance to retroactively authorize the Office of Civic Engagement and Immigrant Affairs to accept and expend a $165,000 grant from the Governor's Office of Business and Economic Development for the expansion of immigrant integration efforts and to amend the annual salary ordinance for fiscal years 2023 through 24 and 2024 through 25 to provide for the addition of one grant-funded temporary 1822 administrative analyst position through February 28, 2025. Roll call. Oh, Supervisor Safai. To this item and also Thank you. to item number five as well. Will do. Thank, Thank you. you. Roll call. On item four, Supervisor Safai. Aye. Safai, aye. Supervisor Stephanie. Stephanie, aye. Supervisor Walton. Aye. Walton, aye. Supervisor Chan. Chan, I, Supervisor Dorsey. Dorsey, I, Supervisor Engardio. Engardio, I, Supervisor Mandelman. I. Mandelman, I, Supervisor Melgar. I. Melgar, I, Supervisor Peskin. I. Peskin, I, Supervisor Preston. Preston, I, and Supervisor Ronan. Ronan, I, there are 11 eyes. The ordinance is passed on first reading. Next item, please. Item five, this is an ordinance to retroactively waive the fee required by the Public Works Code, section 724.1 sub B, for temporary street space occupancy permits in the Chinatown neighborhood from Saturday, January 27th through Saturday, February 10th, 2024, to promote sidewalk sales of merchandise during the Lunar New Year holiday season and to affirm the secret determination. Seeing no names on the roster, same house, same call, the ordinance is passed on first reading. Next item. Item six, this is a resolution to approve and authorize the director of property to execute a lease agreement for continued use of office and clinic space at 755 and 759 South Van Ness Avenue and the adjacent parking lot with AIM 2 terminating on December 31st, 2027 for a monthly base rent of approximately 52,000 and an overall total annual base rent of 645,000 with uh, an annual 3% to 5% CPI increases and one five-year extension option. Same house, same call, the resolution is adopted. Next item, please. 
Item 7, resolution to authorize the execution and delivery of multifamily housing revenue notes for approximately $67.7 million to provide financing for the construction of a 151-unit multifamily rental housing project known as Transbay Block 2 West, located at 200 Folsom Street. Same house, same call. The resolution is adopted. Next item. Item 8. Resolution to authorize the Department of the Environment to enter into a grant agreement with DPR, the California Department of Pesticide Regulation, to include DPR's standard dispute resolution process. The term of this grant agreement is through December 31st, 2025, or when the final deliverable is received, whichever is earlier, in an amount not to exceed approximately 320000 Same house, same call. The resolution is adopted. Next item, please. Item 9, resolution to approve, in accordance with the Internal Revenue Code Section 147 sub F, the issuance of a tax-exempt or taxable revenue obligation and sale by the California Municipal Finance Authority of its revenue bonds for the benefit of the Ignatian Corporation in an aggregate principal amount not to exceed $150 million to finance the costs of renovations and improvements uh, and construction of school facilities and certain other matters relating uh, as defined in this item. Same house, same call. The resolution is adopted. Madam Clerk, could you please read items 10 through 16 together? Items 10 through 16 are resolutions that receive and approve various annual reports for item 10, the Fisherman's Wharf Community Benefit District, item 11, the Union Square Business Improvement District, for item 12, the Tourism Improvement District and Moscone Expansion District, for item 13, the Downtown Community Benefit District, for item 14, the Soma West Community Benefit District, for item 15, this is the Ocean Avenue Community Benefit District, and item 16 for the Lower Polk Community Benefit District. Seeing no names on the roster, we will take these same house, same call. These resolutions are adopted. Next item, please. Item 17, resolution to retroactively authorize the San Francisco Police Department to enter into a memorandum of understanding agreement with the United States Capitol Police to provide supplemental law enforcement services uh, from January 1st, 2021 through December 31st, 2023. Same house, same call. The resolution is adopted. Next item, please. Item 18, ordinance to amend the planning code to conditionally waive certain fees for projects along the corridor of the downtown rail extension to affirm the CEQA determination and to make the appropriate findings. Roll call. On item 18, Supervisor Safayi. On uh, Safayi, aye. Supervisor Stephanie? Aye. Stephanie, aye. Supervisor Walton? Aye. Walton, aye. Supervisor Chan? Aye. Chan, aye. Supervisor Dorsey? Dorsey, aye. Supervisor Ringardio? Aye. Ringardio, aye. Supervisor Mandelman? Aye. Mandelman, aye. Supervisor Melgar? Aye. Melgar, aye. Supervisor Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Supervisor Preston? Aye. Preston, aye. And Supervisor Ronan? Ronan, aye. There are 11 ayes. The ordinance is passed on first reading, and we will go to our 2 p.m. special order. Madam Clerk. The item at 2 p.m. is the appearance at today's meeting by the Honorable Mayor London Enbreed, present to engage in a formal policy discussion with eligible board members. Prior to the discussion, the mayor may address the board for up to five minutes.
Thank you, Madam Clerk. And insofar as there are no questions from any of the three eligible district supervisors, welcome, Madam Mayor. The floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you. One, two. There we go. All right. Good afternoon, and thank you, uh, members of the Board of Supervisors and the public and President Peskin. One year ago, we released a revitalized downtown plan. It was a combination of practical steps as we needed to take um, big and bold transformative changes uh, to our downtown area because that's what it's going to take for us to break free from what downtown has been for decades. Nine to five financial district closed on weekends and the evening times. Our plan is about creating a vision to imagine what downtown can be and delivering the building blocks to get there. The good news is we are finally seeing improvements. In one study released last week, San Francisco saw one of the largest increases in people returning to downtown last year, a 23% increase from 22 to 23. But we know that this increase is only a start. We have more work to do. Today, we released a one-year update on what we've done since releasing our roadmap to the future of San Francisco. We focused our work across nine core strategies, including converting empty offices to other uses, making our neighborhoods clean, safe, and welcoming, and recruiting new businesses while keeping our existing businesses stable. A lot of this work has happened here in these legislative chambers, and we should all be very proud of that. Together, we passed laws to remove barriers to converting empty offices to housing. We made it easier to fill vacant retail spaces. We reduced fees associated with new housing. We changed our planning code to help small businesses open and operate. We reduced taxes for existing businesses and offered tax incentives for new businesses. And that's just the legislative work that has been happening. In addition to this, our Office of Economic and Workforce Development has been working with community stakeholders to deliver key activations, like our Vacant to Vibrant program to fill empty storefronts, and it's been a big hit our street festivals and entertainment and, and bringing more nightlife and excitement to the downtown, and those events have been packed. And street improvements to make the neighborhood more inviting. We brought back the 1X, which is a key for downtown workers, but we also need people to invest here. And the good news is Chavot, a $1 billion investment at the in the Transamerica Pyramid Building is renewing one of our great is renewing one of our great icons downtown to make it more of an attractive destination. We are the AI capital of the world, a global leader in venture capital. Uh, public safety is improving, tourism is rebounding, and new businesses continue to open in our city every single day. We're also continuing to think big, including collaborating with the University of California and our historically black colleges and universities to get new campuses downtown. Bringing students to our downtown and bringing those students closer to world-changing ideas being born right in this city will create a stronger future. It will make San Francisco an even brighter beacon for those looking to change the world. 
whether they are coming to the city from across the country or across the world, or whether they are right here in various neighborhoods in our city. That's how we're gonna help our city grow and thrive. So what's next for us? The biggest issues besides continuing this progress is focusing on our tax reform needs. The treasurer, controller, and city economists have released their report on what the landscape for tax reforms look like. It, it's been very predictable that there is a lot of grumbling from those who like things the way that they are, but we need change, and we cannot afford to operate as if it's still 2019. We had a line out the door for Prop M allocation of square footage before the pandemic, where there was a wait list to develop new office spaces in this city. That line no longer exists. And what that means is we can't continue to do business as usual. We have to make bold decisions, we have to incentivize, and we have to do everything we can to not only attract new businesses, but to retain the ones we have now. So I hope we can continue to work together to invest in our downtown, to make significant changes, and remember that we got a lot of work to do to bring back tourism, conventions, and businesses all over the city and county of San Francisco. And I hope that will be top of mind for each and every one of you as we move forward this year. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Mayor Breed, and we look forward to seeing you next month. And I know that Supervisor Mandelman and I look forward to working with you and your team on the tax reform package that hopefully will come to this board later this year. Uh, and with that, uh, question time is over for today. Thank you, Mayor Breed. Madam Clerk, could you please read item number 19? Item 19, this is a resolution to add the commemorative street name Veterans Alley to the zero block of Shannon Street in recognition of the San Francisco Veterans <coughs> Mural Project, also known as Veterans Alley, a community-based mural project located in the Tenderloin. Roll call. On item 19, Supervisor Safagi. Safagi, aye. Supervisor Stephanie. Stephanie, aye. Supervisor Walton. Walton, aye. Supervisor Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. Supervisor Dorsey. Dorsey, aye. Supervisor Rangardio. Aye. Rangardio, aye. Supervisor Mandelman. Aye. Mandelman, aye. Supervisor Melgar. Aye. Melgar, aye. Supervisor Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. Supervisor Preston. Aye. Preston, aye. And Supervisor Ronan. Ronan, aye. There are 11 ayes. The uh, resolution is adopted. Next item, please. Item 20, this is a motion to appoint Dimitri Thierry Cornett, term ending January 6, 2026, and Miriam Zuzunis and William Ortiz Cartagena, terms ending January 6, 2028, to the Small Business Commission. Seeing no names on the roster, we will take that same house, same call, and the motion is approved. Madam Clerk, can we please go to our committee report? Yes, our committee report. Item 23 was considered by the Rules Committee at a regular meeting on Monday, February 12th. It was forwarded as a committee report. It's an ordinance to amend the administrative code to authorize the Department of Public Health to procure behavioral health and public health residential care and treatment services for patients of the department without adhering to the competitive solicitation or local business enterprise requirements of the municipal code. Supervisor Chan. 
Thank you, President Peskin, colleagues. Um, this uh, very similar, uh, uh, well, actually, I shouldn't say similar. Uh, we previously have um, also waived um, a, a procurement contract, um, Chapter 21, for the police department and very specifically on the automated license plate reader. And now here we are waiving, uh, again, a procurement waiver for the Department of Public Health. And specifically, again, it's for, uh, for the next five years, but for uh, really mental health treatments and beds outside of uh, the city of San Francisco, which uh, is something that is actually very specific, uh, which I'm in support of. Um, the reason being is um, that I want to flag this is because um, while I support uh, procurement, I understand that we have a contract procurement uh, issues, meaning we, we need to continue to work through the procurement uh, process, making sure that it's, it's workable, is effective, uh, and I trust that our city administrator as well as uh, our, our controller have been really working through this process. With that said, I think that at time, and, and that, you know, we should really focus on very specific problems for, for waiver, uh, contract for waiver, and in this case, again, we're drilling down very specific for treatments and services outside of San Francisco because we know we want to stay competitive and to be able to get services that the city itself cannot offer, but we need and desperately need. Um, and the reason why I'm also bringing this up is because there is another contract waiver uh, legislation coming through at the at budget tomorrow. Uh, I want to flag for you, but that one is very different for H for the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing. It's it's sort of this blanket waiver that I'm having issue with. So with that, I just want to put on record that I am in support of, of this, and I'm voting for this today for a contract. Uh, procurement waiver because it's very specific and that is zooming into uh, to a service that we know we need to remain competitive and we cannot be competitive if we stick to our existing procurement requirement. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Chan. Um, with no other names on the roster, why don't we take item 23, same house, same call. The ordinance is passed on first reading, and let's go to roll call for introductions. Supervisor Safagi is up to introduce new business. Thank you, uh, colleagues. Uh, today I'm introducing a resolution in support of Assemblyman Phil Ting's AB 2359, uh, which he introduced yesterday in the California Assembly. Um, AB 2359 doubles the number of type 87 liquor licenses, restaurant liquor licenses in particular, in the outer Mission Excelsior and other districts in the outer neighborhoods of San Francisco that often are harder for restaurants and other businesses to start in. And uh, Assemblyman Ting had previously introduced this back in 2017 and capped it to five per commercial corridor. Um, we're looking to expand that. It's been extremely successful um, helping businesses, particularly up-and-coming chefs, women, people of color, and those without access to capital because the actual license itself, rather than being sold for a few hundred thousand dollars, uh, the Type 87 is specifically chosen for these hard to uh, economically advanced neighborhoods 
um, and it's sold for maybe thirteen or fourteen thousand um, dollars. So it's a saving of hundreds of thousands of dollars, but something that is a major benefit. It's helped uh, businesses in my district: the Dark Horse, the Check In, the Corner Store, the Halfway Club, and now Excelsior Coffee and Cafe, um, whose application is in process. Many of these places would never have been able to purchase a liquor license in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. So we want to see uh, five more businesses um, in this district, five more businesses, I believe, also on Baby Owners Point and other parts of the city that don't necessarily have access to this type of opportunity. Um, we worked hard during the last seven years to bring significant investments to hard to hard to invest in neighborhoods and we fought for community ambassadors, all of which have had a major positive change for our small businesses. Another, another uh, significant improvement has been the establishment of the Excelsior Community Benefits District. So this is about 15 years in the making. We've been doing this work first in community, now through the legislative process, and six years later, the vacancy rate is starting to go down. Many of the businesses are starting to thrive with this type of opportunity. So I want to thank Assemblyman Ting for thinking of our neighborhood and other districts in the southeast part of San Francisco. I want to thank OEWD for their continued investment in our corridor and partnership um, in focusing on revitalizing our businesses. And the rest I submit. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Safagi. Supervisor Stephanie. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Colleagues, as chair of the Public Safety and Neighborhood Services Committee, I am calling for regular hearings from the San Francisco Police Department and the Department of Human Resources on their efforts to recruit and retain sworn and civilian personnel. Uh, last night, President Peskin and I were at a meeting, uh, a safety meeting at the South End Rowing Club after a horrible incident occurred early in the morning as a swimmer was on his way um, just to have his morning swim and was beaten up pretty badly. And we were uh, pummeled with questions about how many police officers we have and the shortage and what are we doing. So this will be an attempt to have monthly or quarterly, whatever we deem appropriate at the Public Safety Committee, um, to have hearings on where we're at in terms of how many officers we have, what we're doing to recruit them, and just to have the ongoing updates so that we can then share them with our constituency. Uh, I've always said public safety is a baseline obligation of what a well-functioning city government should do. It is an absolute crisis that we are more than 700 positions, both sworn officer and civilian, short of what's needed to meet the demand for service. As I've emphasized repeatedly, public safety is absolutely paramount. The shortage of police officers exacerbates our challenges in recovering from the pandemic in numerous ways. While we must make the best use of the resources we have, the San Francisco Police Department is not a department where we can simply demand doing more with less when it comes to matters of public safety. And I believe that as we keep telling the public that we need more officers on our streets, we also need to be explicit in explaining to them what we are doing about it. Given the heightened concerns about personal safety in our neighborhoods, it's imperative that we maintain transparency in our approach to addressing these challenges. Therefore, each month I'll be asking the Police Department and the Department of Human Resources to come to committee and present on what current staffing levels um, and needs are for both civilian and sworn personnel, how many vacancies do we have that are funded and going unfilled and what that is and why that is, barriers to hiring, including bottlenecks with administrative processes like background checks that are taking way too long at the Department of Human Resources um, just to even get into the academy classes, and how retirement, sick, and personal leave is impacting patrol staffing. Because if you look at the number of police officers we have, 
just half that, and that's how many patrol officers uh, we have. We don't, um, the number doesn't reflect how many people are actually out on patrol. The public is rightfully seeking answers regarding the shortage of police officers, and it's crucial for them to understand that we recognize the severity of the crisis. By increasing transparency on this issue, we can raise awareness about the urgency of addressing this hiring crisis and developing meaningful recruitment and retention programs. Also, I am submitting a request to the Budget and Legislative Analyst's Office asking them to analyze and report on how the city and county of San Francisco spends money on anti-human trafficking measures and programs, as well as examine and compare the expenditure trends, funding sources, and collaborative initiatives of the city and county of San Francisco with those of adjacent counties, including Alameda, Contra Costa, Santa Clara, and San Mateo. In our recent hearing on the 2021 Human Trafficking in San Francisco report, the Department on the Status of Women highlighted the significant challenges faced by the city in collecting precise and substantial data, primarily due to the profound impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. Ensuring the availability of accurate data and adequate resources is imperative for making a meaningful impact on this issue, which is affecting way too many. Our goal is to leverage the findings from this report to enhance our understanding of the current landscape and refine our approach to anti-human trafficking efforts here in the city and county of San Francisco. Experience has taught us that enhanced coordination among city departments, community-based organizations, and law enforcement agencies significantly strengthens our ability to address complex issues like human trafficking. This report will serve as a valuable tool in fostering better collaboration and informed decision-making as we collectively work towards eradicating human trafficking from our community. The rest I submit. Thank you, Supervisor Stephanie. Madam Super Clerk, why don't we go to our 2.30 special order commendations. There are three today, and I will do them in district order, uh, starting with myself. And I would like to use this opportunity to welcome into our chambers a very special guest uh, who sadly never had the chance to come and join the Board of Supervisors for Mayor's Question Time, um, given that voters did not approve Proposition I until after he had left City Hall in 2004, and I'm sure he regrets missing out on this cherished ritual. So we had to think of another reason to compel him to join us for an appearance, and what better opportunity than to recognize his recent induction into the California Hall of Fame Class of 2024. I would like to welcome the 41st Mayor of the City and County of San Francisco, Willie Lewis Brown, Jr., to the People's Chambers. Mayor Brown, please come forward. For those of you who are not aware, the California Hall of Fame honors individuals and families who embody California's innovative spirit and have made their mark on history. The hall and its exhibits are housed in the California Museum in Sacramento. The Hall of Fame was conceived by then California First Lady Maria Shriver and opened in 2006 with 13 charter in Chinese. I may add that Mayor Brown advised Governor Schwarzenegger to never induct a politician, but for fortunately, Governor Schwarzenegger ignored his sage advice. In addition to being a resident of California, for at least five years, inductees must embody the spirit of California and the California dream through their work and accomplishments, while also making a lasting and significant contribution to the state 
the nation, and the world. All of these accomplishments should serve as an inspiration to others to further their own dreams. I don't believe it's an overstatement to say that Willie Brown encapsulates these requirements to a T. What is more, what is more California dreaming than a young, charming, ambitious African-American jack-of-all-trades from Mineola, Texas, leaving a deeply segregated South at the young age of 17 to move to San Francisco, where he was thrust into a world of interracial movement-building political activism and ultimately elected public service. Not only did he serve our country and state in the United States Army California National Guard, but he went on to become a California State Assemblyman, as he likes to remind me, or as I like to remind him, the year I was born, <laughs> and became the legendary speaker of the California State Assembly for longer than almost anybody in the history of the state. And um, he will forever be known in this building, of course, as the mayor after leading the city and county of San Francisco from 1996 to 2004. Uh, I know I've alternated my origin story uh, between tree planting and or Mayor Brown as to how I got into politics, uh, but uh, suffice it to say, um, we drove each other crazy when he was mayor, um, but over time, I've developed quite the relationship with Mayor Brown and greatly respect his leadership qualities, his keen political stratagem, his deft ability to negotiate, and ultimately his ability to build community alliances, strong relationships that transcend racial and ethnic identities, faith practices, and sexual orientations. In fact, his ability to recognize nascent leadership qualities in other young political leaders led to alliances that essentially built the diverse and powerhouse Democratic Party that we know today. So as we celebrate Black History Month, and as Mayor Brown joins the likes of Los Lobos and the Go-Go's in the California Hall of Fame class of 2024, I want to recognize my friend, my sometimes adversary, and my mentor and colleague and legend, Willie Lewis Brown, Jr. Mr. Mayor, the floor is yours, and the speaker is to my left, your right. Which one of these things do I use? That one works. This one, all right. Perfect. Perfect. Mr. President and your fellow members of your board, it may very well surprise you, but this is the very first time in all of my years in the world of politics that I have ever appeared before the Board of Supervisors. <laughs> I mean, this is amazing for me. I, I want you to know that. I, literally, and I suspect that people say, no, it can't be true. It is true. I have been in your chambers, but I have never appeared before your board to receive any kind of an honor. And literally, in my political lifetime, I would never expect it to come from Aaron Paskin. <laughs> I mean, how can this be? What has occurred in this change of the world? I uh, spent a lot of time with Aaron Paskin in the last few years. 
But I've never been where I am so uh, honored. I do appreciate your interrupting uh, your normal work time. I'm here promptly at 2.30, which is what I was supposed to be. It's unusual for me to be on time uh, anywhere. Uh, but I looked forward, frankly, to seeing what you would do if you saw me in your presence. And, in, and I am absolutely, genuinely honored and delighted. Your legislative body is not unlike the legislative bodies that I have been a part of uh, for the longest period of my career. I loved the legislature. I did not ever hold great respect for the executive branch of government. And then term limits came along and ousted me uh, from the legislative branch. And then I learned how wonderful and how impactful a legislative branch could be if it worked well with the executive branch of government and being at that time elevated to the executive branch of government. I had a bit at many times in the California legislature, tried, I tried to figure out how to abolish local government. Uh, I always thought they were unnecessary. And then I became uh, the mayor of San Francisco. And you and your colleagues literally presented me with the challenges that I had never frankly experienced. I loved being the mayor of the city, but I lo loved it more interacting with the legislative branch of city government. I came to become very respectful of the legislative branches of city government, so much so that I have not related back to my place of origin, the legislative branch of government at the state level. I've stayed focused on local government. And one of my weekly, at almost 90 years of age now, one of my weekly activities is that when I get coffee with your president, whom he pays for the coffee, <laughs> which really pleases me, because I don't find many politicians really to pick up the tab for anything with anybody else. But I must tell you that I am absolutely delighted. Uh, and uh, when he told me that he was going to do this, I wasn't sure I believed him. But I called him early this morning after preparing and saying prayers last night. I got the word to be here at 2.30. And I'm here promptly at 2.30. So to each and every one of you, thank you very, very, very much. Thank you. Mr. Speaker, if you can join us in the well here, we would like to take a picture with you.
Madam Clerk. Show must go on. Okay, uh, right, our next special commendation will be presided over by District 9 Supervisor Hillary Ronan. Thank you so much, um, and I want to see where is D. Please come forward. Hello. Colleagues, I am absolutely thrilled to honor D today, a beloved Portola community member and small business owner of Hay Neighbor Cafe, the wonderful coffee shop on Borough Street that is tucked in beside the entrance of the Portola Greenway that has helped revitalize the neighborhood. After having lived throughout San Francisco for many years, Dee moved to the Portola neighborhood in 2012, developing quick and deep connections that have anchored them there ever since. Dee is both a visual artist and a coffee connoisseur, and having worked in the former Four Barrel Cafe before it shuttered at the start of the pandemic in March 2020, had a good understanding of what it would require to take over the business after seeing signs that owners were not going to reopen. Seeing a desperate need for community spaces and good coffee, Dee and their business partner at the time hatched a plan to open a new cafe. The concept of the name Hey Neighbor came from their love of letter writing and people. It is both a salutation and an invitation, a beckoning call for openness and curiosity towards one's neighbors. They wanted to create a space where everyone would feel welcome, and it soon became a haven for neighbors during the depths of the pandemic. Dee's own attachment to coffee started as a child, growing up watching their Haitian elders prepare coffee for the family, its wonderful smell permeating the house throughout their life. For so many, coffee is a sacred morning ritual, and Dee is proud to be part of Neighbors' daily morning routine centered around a cup of good, strong coffee. Dee has been a central part of the Portal Greenway, recruiting and supporting volunteers, hosting pop-ups with local chefs to feed people who come out for garden workdays. Dee is always happy to talk about and set up tours and delights in the art and native landscaping, that has beautified a formerly blighted alleyway. Best of all, the Greenway Hot Compost gets its daily boost of Hay Neighbors coffee grinds and when ready, enriches the soil that nurtures the native plants. Dee has brought artists to the space with rotating galleries, partnered with Rise Up Bakery to provide delicious homemade breads every morning, featured local farmers who provide ingredients for Hay Neighbors seasonal signature jams, and profiled Bay Area coffee roasters to celebrate indigenous coffee culture on a rotating schedule to celebrate the talents of women, black, and queer coffee masters. Thank you, Dee, for having the vision and bravery to open a community-facing small business during the pandemic. That takes guts. <laughs> and for touring, turning Hey Neighbor into a center of gravity for the Portola neighborhood. But most of all, thank you for your commitment to bringing people together and celebrating local unsung talents in the arts, coffee, and food culture. Congratulations, Dee. Thank, thank you so much for this commendation. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, when I first opened Hey Neighbor Cafe, I didn't realize how important as a to be so visible and engaged as a black 
openly queer individual and how much it means to the community. Um, Portola is really near and dear to my heart. Um, when I moved out there, I instantly found my family, my community, and I look forward to showing up to work every day and cultivating and nurturing not a safe space, not only for my neighbors, for, but for anyone that stumbles upon or finds their, their way um, in the Portola. Um, uh, I am a person of very few words, and uh, thank you again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And our next special order commendation will be from District 10 Supervisor Shimon Walton. Thank you so much, President Peskin, and congratulations to the honor other honorees here this afternoon. Colleagues, today we have the privilege of honoring Bayview Hunters Point native Danielle Hillman, a ballet student at San Francisco Ballet. Danielle, come up here. Nothing exemplifies the importance of black history like highlighting young black leaders who are change makers in our community. Danielle has played many roles at the San Francisco Ballet over the last several years, but in 2023, Danielle made history becoming the first ever black ballet dancer from San Francisco to star as Clara in The Nutcracker. With grace and strength, Danielle has captivated audiences, breaking barriers, and inspiring countless aspiring dancers. Through her commitment to excellence and unwavering determination, Danielle has not only excelled in her craft, but has become a beacon of representation and empowerment for the black community and young women in the world of classical ballet. Danielle is a dancer, writer, and artist who's used her creativity to vibrantly express herself. At just 13 years old, she launched her art business aiming to make black joy commonplace in Bayview Hunters Point. With light and love, Danielle embraces her calling to transform the dark corners of our world into bright, joy-filled moments. Danielle, your journey will continue to inspire generations to come reminding us all that dreams know no bounds and that the stage is a place for all to be seen and celebrated. I am excited to honor you today here in your city hall as we watch you continue to claim greatness. Proud to be your representative and can't wait to see what you accomplish next. Congratulations and thank you. I'd just like to thank the Board of Supervisors and District Supervisor Shimon Walton for giving me this award. This means so much to me, and being on stage in the spotlight for the first time has made me so grateful for the experience. It made me feel so special 
being chosen out of the hundreds of girls in the Nutcracker. And during the audition, I had the mindset to aim for another small role, a butterfly. And by the end, I got that role plus Clara. <laughs> I started doing ballet at the Bayview YMCA when I was six years old. And now I'm a student at San Francisco Ballet. To come from pre pretending to be a dancer to being Clara in the Nutcracker has been a dream come true. During the first audition, I could barely remember the steps. So by the next audition, I worked hard and I went from not knowing anything to having the entire solo memorized. Later in the following rehearsals, the instructor told me that I was just lighting up the room and that the way I was moving my body was so graceful and elegant. It's so important to have big dreams, reaching higher for something that you thought you couldn't achieve. Having this mindset can help you get that job, that role, anything. You see, if I kept thinking to myself that I am small, so I'm gonna stay small, I would have stayed in that little position. But when I was in a small position in December of 2022, I didn't think to myself, this is insignificant. I was thinking, if I could get this part, what else could I achieve and how can I level up? It's easy to think that your role is unimportant. But being in ballet has taught me you're going to be a side character a couple of times. I've been in several shows and productions, and being Clara for the first time was my first time being a main character. When you work hard and keep practicing and keep showing up, you can accomplish great things. I only hope I can inspire more people to, ins to keep following their dreams. Thank you. Madam Clerk, let's go back to our roll call for introductions. Yes, given that it's Supervisor Walton's turn, we'll come back to him and go to Supervisor Chan. Thank you, Madam Clerk, um, mm -hmm. colleagues. That was interesting I, I, uh, because today I'm introducing a resolution to honor San Francisco Ballet principal dancer um, Yuan Yuan Tan on the eve of her um, retirement uh, from the San Francisco Ballet. Um, that's interesting. One rising star, and then one, and you know, another one that can celebrate her career. Yuan Yuan Tan was born in Shanghai and began dancing at the age of ten with the Shanghai Ballet Academy. After f her father initially hesitated, uh, wanting her to become a doctor or a lawyer, but finally her parents decided um, that she could dance after they uh, flipped a coin. Uh, in 1992, the San Francisco Ballet artistic director saw Yuan Yuan Tan dance in Paris and invited her to guest at the San Francisco Ballet. In 1997, she was named the ballet's principal dancer, the first Chinese dancer and the youngest dancer in San Francisco Ballet history. Yuan Yuan had 
travel with the San Francisco Ballet and counts among her best accomplishments when she danced with the San Francisco Ballet in Shanghai and Beijing for her 20th anniversary with the company. Yuan Yuan has danced for the San Francisco Ballet for 29 seasons, and she will be retiring after her last performance tomorrow, February 14, which also happens to be her 48th birthday. I hope you all will join me to wish her a much joy and happiness in her second act, and the rest I submit. Thank you, Supervisor Chan. Supervisor Dorsey? Submit. Thank you, Supervisor Engardio. Submit. Thank you, Supervisor Mandelman. I will submit. Submit. Thank you, Supervisor Melgar. Submit. Submit. Thank you, Supervisor Peskin. Submit. Submit. Thank you, Supervisor Preston. Submit. Thank you, Supervisor Ronan. Thank you, colleagues. I have a couple items today. Um, first, uh, I am introducing a resolution adding the commemorative street name, Sean Monterosa Boulevard, to Park Street at the intersection of Holly Park Circle. In 2020, an incredible young man named Sean Monterosa was shot and murdered by Jared Tan of the Vallejo Police Department. Sean was a San Franciscan, the middle child of three born to Argentine immigrants and attended San Francisco schools, eventually graduating from City College with a major in Latino studies. He was a participant of some of our city's valued youth organizations, including MAIP, Horizons Unlimited, and the Excelsior Boys and Girls Club, just to name a few. He was a natural born leader who mentored at-risk youth within his community. Sean was a bright light who was committed to social justice. He was involved in the fights for justice for Mario Woods and Alex Nieto. He encouraged his peers to get involved in their communities and passionately read literature on social justice with Cesar Chavez, Gloria Anzaldúa, and Malcolm X among the leaders he looked up to the most. Although Sean's friends and family are still fighting for justice, he leaves behind an incredible important legacy in our community. In 2020, the Board of Supervisors unanimously passed a resolution urging the Vallejo police to release the body camera footage related to his killing. That same year, his sisters, Michelle and Ashley, who are here today uh, and who are incredible forces of nature, held a block party at the intersection of Park and Holly Park. This block party was attended by hundreds and was an opportunity to remember the life that Sean led, celebrate the impacts that he had on his community and demand justice for his death. In 2021, the board also unanimously passed a resolution declaring June 2nd, Sean Israel Monterosa Day in the city and county of San Francisco. A few months later, the Sean Monterosa Knowledge Up Community Library had its grand opening on Holly Park Circle as both physical tribute to Sean's legacy and a community fixture, encouraging young people in the neighborhood to read books centering social justice issues. A few months ago, a mural honoring Sean's life was unveiled at the corner of South Van Ness and 24th Street in the heart of the Calle 24 Latino Cultural District. The intersection where Park Street meets Holly Park Circle marks where Sean grew up. He was taken from us far too early, but his memory lives on. This commemorative street renaming will serve to honor his legacy and remind our community of his contributions. I want to thank uh, Supervisors Preston and Welton for their early co-sponsorships, um, and, and of course thank the Monterosa sisters for their tireless work, uh, not only to educate the community about the lives of their brothers, but to fight uh, violence, police violence against all communities of color. 
Secondly, colleagues, today I'm introducing legislation with Mayor Breed that will extend the first year free ordinance that I first authored in 2021. As many of you know, First Year Free is a program to support and revive San Francisco small businesses, especially as we first begin, <coughs> excuse me, especially as we first began to come out of the pandemic. Each of us here is day in and day out how tough it is to operate a small business here. And this legislation has helped lower that burden and make it easier for small businesses throughout the city. <coughs> The program waives the cost of many first-year permits and res registration fees. To date, the first-year free program has enrolled over 6,200 small businesses and waived over $2.38 million in fees. Today's legislation will extend the successful program through June 30th, 2025. I want to thank Mayor Bree, the Treasurer and Tax Collector's Office, and the Office of Small Business for all of the hard work and continued to support for this uh, for first year free program and the rest I will submit. Thank you, Supervisor Ronan. Supervisor Walton. Submit. submit, thank you. Mr. President, seeing no names on the roster, that concludes the introduction of new business. Madam Clerk, colleagues, we have two minutes or a minute and a half until our 3 p.m. special order too little to start public comment. So why don't we just sit here for another 80 seconds, and then we will go to our 3 p.m. special order Board of Supervisors sitting as a committee of the whole. Madam Clerk, could you please read items 21 and 22 together? Yes, items 21 and 22 com, uh, uh, pertain to a public hearing of the Board of Supervisors convening a committee of the whole today, February 13th at 3 p.m., pursuant to the California Health and Safety Code, Section 33433, and the Redevelopment Plan, Section 4.7.2, for the Trans Bay Redevelopment Project area to consider approval of a ground lease, plural, ground, ground leases with Transbay 2 Senior LP for 15000 per year and the CCDC Transbay 2 Commercial LLC for $1 per year. Uh, the ground leases each for a term of 75 years for the purpose of developing, developing a mixed-use affordable housing development with housing for low and extremely low-income seniors, including formerly homeless seniors and ground floor community commercial space at 200 Folsom Street and to make the appropriate findings. Supervisor Dorsey, would you have any opening comments? I do. Thank you, Mr. Thank you, um, President Peskin and um, 
You know, it occurs to me, it's nice to start a hearing with a couple moments of uh, reflective meditation. It was nice. <laughs> Um, thanks also to the clerk's office for their work to calendar this uh, important uh, and time-sensitive time item today. Um, Transbay Block 2 West will be a nine-story, 151-unit affordable senior housing project at the corner of Folsom Street and Beale Street in the East Cut neighborhood I represent. It will be developed and managed by the Chinatown Community Development Corporation, or CCDC, with 150 affordable senior units uh, and one unrestricted manager's unit. Um, I know this won't come as news to my colleagues here, but I will say it for the benefit of the public. Uh, CCDC has a long and distinguished history as a trusted partner on affordable housing development in San Francisco, providing homes to more than 5,000 5, San Franciscans, including low-income families, adults, and seniors who might not otherwise afford to be San Franciscans. Um, while its portfolio includes only a couple of District 6 properties, in the Edwin M. Lee Apartments and 588 Mission Bay Boulevard, I will say on behalf of all of us in the District 6 office, uh, we are excited to see that partnership expanded here to another neighborhood we serve. Um, along with residential units, this project will include resident amenity spaces, public and private open spaces, streetscape improvements, bicycle parking, and three ground floor community serving re uh, commercial units. Um, funding sources for the $125 million project include $60 million in federal tax credit equity and a $65 million gap loan from the Office of Community Investment and Infrastructure, or OCII. Today's hearing is pursuant, pursuant to um, state law as well as the redevelopment plan and together with the accompanying resolution, its purpose is for this legislative body to one, approve and authorize OCII to execute the project's residential and commercial ground leases, and two, to make findings um, that the ground leases include a consideration to be received by OCII that is not less than the fair reuse value and will assist in the elimination of blight. The bond issuance resolution for this project uh, was approved earlier in this meeting as item number seven. This resolution, which is uh, 240059, will be the final board action ahead of the anticipated uh, early March construction start. And so through the chair, I would like to invite up, if I may, uh, Jasmine Kuo, OCI Development Specialist, to make a brief presentation before we vote on the substance of the item. Great, we will now have the Office of Community Investment and Infrastructure present and report. Please proceed. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon, President Peskin, Supervisors. My name is Jasmine Kuo. I'm a Development Specialist at the Office of Community Investment and Infrastructure, or OCII. And I'm here to present on item 22 for the affordable housing development located in Transbay, known as Transbay Block 2 West. Um, as Supervisor Dorsey mentioned, the purpose of the resolution before you is to approve and authorize OCII to execute the residential and commercial ground leases for this project and to make a finding that the ground leases include a consideration to be received by OCII that is not less than fair reuse value and will assist in the elimination of blight. Next slide. Uh, first, a brief background on the Transbay Redevelopment Project area. The Transbay Redevelopment Plan was approved in 2005 with the intent of creating a new mixed-use, mixed-income downtown neighborhood um, by alleviating blight caused by the freeway demolition following the 1989 Loma Prieta earthquake. The project area is split into two zones. Zone 1 is administered and implemented by OCII, and Zone 2 is under the jurisdiction of the Planning Department. Overall, OCII is obligated to provide 35% affordability in the project area. To date, in Zone 1, uh, OCII has overseen the completion of over 2,000 residential units, of which over 700 are affordable units. Next slide. 
Transbay Block 2 is one of the few remaining development sites in Zone 1 and critical to meeting the overall project area affordability requirement. The block is comprised of two distinct projects known as 2 West and 2 East, both of which will be 100% affordable housing with each project individually financed, owned, and operated. 2 West will be a project serving senior households and 2 East will serve family households. In 2020, Chinatown Community Development Center, or CCDC, and Mercy Housing California were selected as co-developers for 2 West and 2 East, respectively, through a competitive request for proposals process. In April 2023, the permanent loan from OCII for 2 West was approved by the Citywide Affordable Housing Loan Committee, and later in August, the 2 West project was awarded a bond allocation. Last month, OCII Commission approved the OCII permanent loans and ground leases for 2 West, and finally, last week, Budget and Finance Committee considered and recommended the bond issuance resolution, which brings us to today's meeting, where the board has just approved item seven for the bond issuance. Next slide. Uh, the residential component of the project consists of 151 units of new affordable housing for seniors and seniors experiencing homelessness, um, located at the corner of Folsom Street and Beale Street, with 150 units available to households earning between 15% to 50% of the area median income and one unit set aside as a manager's unit. The project also includes a community commercial component of three ground floor community serving commercial units. Um, for financing purposes, OCII will enter into two separate ground leases, one for the residential component and one for the community commercial component. Next slide. Um, the Transbay Redevelopment Plan requires OCII to submit the 33433 report and obtain board approval for the disposition of the Transbay properties uh, using provisions under California Health and Safety Code Section 33433. As noted in the 33433 report, the estimated and highest best use value of the residential parcel is approximately $15.3 million, and for the commercial parcel, it's approximately $2.4 million. The restricted use value is determined uh, by the present value of the lease payments to be made during the 75-year ground lease term. And so for the residential parcel, the restricted use value is approximately $292,000 and the commercial parcel is $19.48. These values are substantially less than the fair market value, but this less than fair market value rent is necessary to ensure the continued and successful operation of the affordable housing project and community commercial spaces. Uh, next. So at this time, I can answer any questions uh, supervisors may have. Also available for questions from CCDC, we have Abigail Brown, uh, the project manager for 2 West. And with your approval today, the project is on track to close on construction financing and begin construction early next month. And thank you for your consideration. Thank you. And Jasmine, does that conclude your presentation? Yes, it does. Uh, Supervisor Dorsey. Great. Thank you so much, uh, Ms. Quo. I, I don't have any questions, and I don't know if anybody has, uh, I don't see anyone else on the roster, but um, President Peskin, if there are no questions, I would like to make a motion to file the hearing. Uh, why don't we take public comment okay. before we file the hearing? Um, are there any members of the public who would like to speak? Uh, if so, you can come up to the microphone. If not, I will close public comment. Public comment is closed and seeing no names on the roster, this public hearing has been held and is now filed. Colleagues, we now have the resolution to approve the ground lease agreement uh, before us for consideration. Madam Clerk, can you please call the roll on item number 22? On item 22, Supervisor Safai. Safai absent, Supervisor Stephanie. 
Stephanie, aye. Supervisor Walton. Aye. Walton, aye. Supervisor Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. Supervisor Dorsey. Aye. Dorsey, aye. Supervisor Engardio. Engardio, aye. Supervisor Mandelman. Aye. Mandelman, aye. Supervisor Melgar. Aye. Melgar, aye. Supervisor Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. Supervisor Preston. Preston, aye. Supervisor Ronan. Ronan, aye. There are 10 ayes. The resolution is adopted. Madam Clerk, let's go to public comment. All right, for those of you who are here in the chamber and you'd like to provide general public comment to the Board of Supervisors, uh, you are able to speak to the mayor's appearance uh, here in this chamber today. You can speak to the minutes as presented. Uh, you can speak to the items on the uh, for adoption without reference to committee, items 26 through 29. Uh, all other matters on today's agenda have been subject to a public hearing and are not topics for your discussion. But uh, we'd like to hear from the first speaker. We're setting the timer for two minutes. Welcome. So you know me any, anyway. Uh, I was about to say it's not possible to build anything uh, positive based on lies and cover-ups. But I think okay, I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass. It's obvious. Um, again, I, I think I need go, to go back to technology. This is the core of the, the, the problems we are dealing with in the entire world. La cerise sur le gâteau. I'm going to start to introduce some French. La cerise sur le gâteau. I should say the rotten, I mean, la pomme pourrie sur le gâteau de l'inintelligence. The rotten apple on the cake of unintelligence. AI, we said that last time. We know that now. Never mind. Just you guys pay attention. You are part of the team anyway. You can't shy away from it. It's not going to work. Apple, you have two weeks until the end of this month only to get San Francisco Bay Area read of the pictures, the close-up pictures of young children. You have been putting all over the city and Bay Area here using technology to make the children look ugly. You have until the end of this month. Your line of credit for happiness and your reason for being is getting shorter by the day. Remember, you have to also put, AT&T is involved in that, you have to also put, warning, the use of any multi-app cell phone has an addictive effect, hazardous for social behavior and health, that is mental health, therefore, consequently, physical health. It's getting shorter for you to be happy. Huh? After that, you're done. Eddie uh, Council, you have a limited time. Merci, monsieur. Merci. Merci. Next speaker, please. I have a handout. I'm ready. Okay. Good afternoon. Last week I spoke here, and since then I have been asked by multiple people and agencies to provide more detailed info and specific systems being used. And the document passed out is from the City and County of San Francisco Enterprise System. You will have the name of the system. I'm keeping that unnamed system during my comments 
um, due to its dealing with NIST, which is Controlled Unclassified Information, CUI, and HIPAA requirements. I need the Board of Supervisors' immediate attention and action on this item. On Saturday, I spent more detailed info to the Sheriff, the Police Chief, Assistant Chief, and Director of Public Health to start an investigation of improper usage of this system. The Board of Supervisors, the Mayor's Office, and the City Administrator should be part of this conversation and part of the solution. This deals with cyber infrastructure, cybersecurity, compliance, protected data management, and intellectual property. Correcting this and making this the number one priority is vital to the 11 districts in San Francisco and needs immediate attention by the Board of Supervisors. Finally, I want to apologize to the full board for not getting this information to you in a timely manner. Just be aware, there were a lot of people out there trying to prevent you from getting this information when you can make the right decisions working together and I have full confidence in this Board of Supervisors. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. We welcome the next speaker. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Ashley Monterrosa. I'm the surviving sister of my brother, Sean Monterrosa, and I'm here to express my strong support for the proposal to honor my brother, Sean, with a commemorative street naming. Um, so, as we know, Sean's tragic death has left an indelible mark in our home, our neighborhood, and the broader San Francisco community, and recognizing his memory in this way would be a meaningful gesture to honor his life and legacy. Sean's life was cut short under heartbreaking circumstances, but his memory continues to inspire us to fight for justice and accountability. By dedicating a street in his honor, we not, we not only pay tribute to his life, but also affirm our commitment to ensuring that his story is never forgotten. As his sister and a member of this community, I believe it is important to acknowledge and remember the individuals who have made significant contributions to our city, even if those contributions were cut short. Honoring Sean with a commemorative street naming would serve as a reminder of the ongoing fight for justice and equity in our society. I, I urge you to consider this proposal by the utmost seriousness and compassion. By approving the honorary commemorative street naming for Sean, you can demonstrate solidarity with our family and friends while also reaffirming our commitment to building a more just and equitable community. Thank you for your consideration and input in this important manner. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Good afternoon. I am also here in support um, of the same resolution. My name is Michelle Monterosa. I'm also the surviving sister of our brother, Sean Monterosa. I'm here you, um, to express support um, in the resolution that um, Hillary has written on behalf of our brother. Um, our parents immigrated to this country from El Salvador and Argentina, and we have been living on Park Street and Bernal Heights for the past 29 years. We have deep ties in our community and in our neighborhood. Sean, my sister and I, Sean, my sister and I all attended Jennifer Sarah Elementary School on Park Street. Upon Sean's death, we also created a Knowledge Up Library in Sean's memory, which still sits at the intersection of Park Street and Holly Circle. The impact that Sean's life and legacy has left on our family and community has been deeply impactful. And the many times we've been invited to speak on a national scale, we always embrace our deep roots and ties to our lovely city of San Francisco. We hope that this commemorative gesture will ripple an impact at large and give many families and communities hope and in the country and finding ways to honor the lives of our loved ones. I believe that Sean is the beacon of hope 
to our family and to community and, and such a tragic death. But I believe that working in partnership with the Board of Supervisors and local agencies together, we can embody what partnership and hope con continues to look like in our community. So thank you and I urge you for a strong uh, support. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Welcome to the next speaker. Good afternoon, uh, Board of Supervisors. I'm also here in support of the commemorative street naming for Sean Monterosa. Um, this particular um, commemoration holds immense significance not only for the community, but for the memory of a remarkable individual that I had the immense pleasure and honor of knowing. Um, I was one of the many people who had the honor of mentoring him. Um, Sean was more than the story most of you know of him. He was more than the story behind his untimely loss. He embodied values that transcend time and place. His legacy was not only one of courage, but unwavering solidarity, profound self-awareness, and relentless perseverance. Sean's message is a testament to his commitment to justice and unity. Sean stood tall, ten toes down for this city. In the face of adversity, he remained steadfast in his principles, advocating for change and speaking truth to power. His dedication to the betterment of his community should not go unnoticed. Um, he was a true city baby, a Niner Giants and Warriors fan, a Boys and Girls Club youth. He was a San Francisco, he was San Francisco in the truest sense of the word. Renaming that corner after Sean would be fitting tribute to his memory and the enduring impact he has left in our hearts in the city and across the country. It would serve as a constant reminder of the values he championed, solidarity, knowledge of self, and perseverance. As a city, it's our responsibility to honor those who have dedicated themselves to making our community a better place. Renaming that corner after Sean is the least the city can do to immortalize his legacy and ensure that his message resonates for generations to come. I urge your support. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Welcome to the next speaker. Thank you. Good afternoon, honorable members of the board and fellow San Franciscans. My name is Natalie Guillen, and I'm a proud daughter of this city. Born and raised here just like Sean Monterosa, who, like me, love this city so deeply that his impact and legacy is still felt in our neighborhood and our community to this day. You can feel his presence if you visit the Little Library, as it's lovingly called, at the corner of Park Street and Holly Circle, right in front of the elementary school. All three Monterosa siblings attended growing up, and on the very same street their immigrant Latino family immigrated to almost 30 years ago. This story resonates with me and many other San Franciscans who see ourselves reflected in Sean's working class background and story of struggle, resistance, and perseverance. Most eloquently encapsulated by Sean himself in his personal motto, push, pull, strive. It is for this and many other reasons that I urge the Board of Supervisors to support the commemorative street naming of Sean Monterosa Boulevard. Sean Monterosa, presente. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. <clears throat> Welcome to the next speaker. <clears throat> Good afternoon. It's Jordan Pranachide. I support the uh, renaming for Sean Monterosa. That was a really tough loss. And it was a tough loss for the 49ers, but it's more important that Team House the Homeless, Team Real Rent Control, Team Non-Carceral Public Safety, and Team Equity win in the big game for the city. Also, Team Single Payer Healthcare, Go CalCare, and Team Living Wage for all the service workers, especially those who work during the game in San Francisco and beyond. I'm proud of my super supervisor, Dean Preston, for caring 
about the TL. But I'm fucking ashamed of DA Crook Jenkins for letting her ADA, Mikey Meatball Menacini, make shitty racist comments about Palestinians and Arabs in particular, especially when her office is prosecuting protesters calling for ceasefire. Y'all need to fucking call for his fucking firing because it's not okay and perpetuates injustice. And people, speaking of people who make me ashamed to be Italian, anti-rent control landlord Catherine Stephanie be capping about being pro-choice. She would run as a Trump Republican, pro-life Trump Republican if it was convenient. And it was a Republican who voted Bush Sr. over Dukakis in 88 back in college. Also, if Supervisor Dorsey's ass had engaged with other supervisors on his bullshit-ass support of housing safety hearing, maybe I wouldn't be so fucking angry at this Bojack butt for trying to drum up hatred towards us and put a fucking boot on our necks. It's giving fascism and fucking oligarchy. Finally, I want to address the fact that people are pressed about my profanity. Well, guess what? San Francisco Full House doesn't exist. This isn't some 80 schmaltzy sweater com where albino polar pair kids drinking milk cry and everything is resolved in the end with, in 30 minutes with hugs and hot cocoa. I have fucking free speech rights and there is no Danny Tanner, Uncle Jesse or Joey to get me to magically stop cursing. As Sarah Lynn from Bojack Horseman says, suck a dick, dumb shits. I yield my time. Fuck you. I'm out of here. Civility starts with me. Thank you. Next speaker, please. It's a privilege to be able to speak here today. My name is Marco. It's difficult for me to digest the fact that Sean Monterosa was taken, not only from his community, but from his family. Situations like this are why our elders are always worried for the youth and why we're educated to act and do certain things to avoid situations like these, when it should not be something we are introduced to, but something prevented from the start. I'm so glad to see this family fight the fight that shouldn't have never needed to be fought, and why we need to keep pushing for change and more recognition for those who were taken from our communities and other families because the damage and pain is a hole too big for anyone to fill. So thank you, San Francisco, for stepping up and showing us you care. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker, please. Welcome. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Um, I unfortunately didn't have the opportunity to meet Sean. Uh, that was also taken from me. Um, I come down here from Sacramento, and I was, it was important for me to make the drive. If Sean grew up in my neighborhood, we would have definitely been friends. And um, I'm a little too young to say he could have been my son. And let's just face the reality with the vicious legacy of white supremacy, racial covenants, and raid line districting, he probably couldn't have been any one of your sons. There's a select few people who could have bore him as a son. But the reality is when individuals like this grow up in the margins, sometimes their stories or they themselves are able to make it to the center. And they wake up a city, they wake up a state, they wake up a nation. Sometimes they're one dot from a helicopter camera in a crowd of people reminding us of our morality or trying to awaken us to a new morality. And so this commemorative street sign gives Sean something in his family that Sean was denied of. Because over time, he would have been a teacher to everybody. We know he was a teacher to his family and to his community, but he would have been a teacher to everybody. So this commemorative sign 
gives him the opportunity to be looked up by that person that goes, what is this sign for? Why is it named Sean? And to remind them of the rich legacy of freedom fighters who want peace and justice. Many of them who have come from San Francisco and commemorating Sean will be yet another person from the city who's recognized as such. So I thank everybody who's in support of allowing Sean to be a teacher again. It means a lot to me personally. Thank you for your comments. Welcome. Good afternoon, uh, supervisors. Uh, my name is Kevin Ortiz. I'm the co-president of the San Francisco Latinx Democratic Club. And we're in f here in full support of support the commemorative street naming uh, in honor of Sean Monterosa. Thank you, Supervisor Ronan, for bringing this forward. Sean's life was taken unjustly, and Sean's family and loved ones deserve justice, and they continue to search for the justice for his murder. This commemorative naming will serve as a reminder of the light that Sean was and the hope he continues to inspire. I want us to rewind to a moment to the summer of 2020. George Floyd, Sean Monterosa. We saw mass mobilizations and mass protests. We heard calls for change, for police accountability, for calls for change on what the definition of true public safety is. Um, folks talked with me and they said that it was our 1964 moment. And so I want us to think now to where we're at in 2024. We're making strides backwards. There are folks in here that are pushing regressive measures that continue to give giveaways to the police and lessen and mark accountabilities for years to come. As you support the naming of Sean Monterosa for the street, I want you to ask yourself, supervisors, what are you doing to change these systems so there will not be another Sean? Thank you for your time. Thank you for your comments. Welcome to the next speaker. All right, guys, thank you for letting me speak today. Um, what a great um, opportunity to be in the audience today. You get two mayors. That's pretty awesome, I've got to say. Um, I was very, very lucky. I'm glad I made the choice to come. Uh, uh, Mayor Willie Brown is someone I uh, look up to and uh, admire and uh, respect a lot. Um, the same with um, Mayor London Breed. I was actually in my apartment watching um, uh, Mayor Brown's inauguration when he was elected mayor. It happened on the other side on Polk, and, um, or Goodlett as they call it, and uh, it, was a, it was a golden, golden era in San Francisco. And I just count myself lucky here today um, to see the commendation being awarded. Uh, so what I just wanna basically touch uh, base with you on is um, just the state of the situation, the state of the case, just, just the situation. I hope it gets better for the city. I really do, because the city's in a hard spot. It's in a very difficult spot and it's 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 trying its best to pull through to make it to get on the other side and there's a lot of things pulling it back a lot of things pulling it back you know and um it's just a bummer it's a shame it's a goddamn shame what's going on but i think we could pull through i think there are brighter days ahead um i think there's a beacon at the end of the tunnel i see it i see the beacon i see the light i think it's this week i think it's this friday i think that's the day the city's gonna see something great happen to someone. It's gonna see something great happen. And nobody could take that away. Nobody could steal it. Nobody can get in the way of that. So I'm telling you right now, you better be listening. 
Thank you very much. Um, an honor, a respect to um, those. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Are there any other members of the public who would like to address the board during general public comment? All right, Mr. President. Seeing no more members of the public for public comment, public comment is closed. Madam Clerk, could you please read the adoption without committee reference calendar? Items 26 through 29 were introduced for adoption without committee reference. A unanimous vote is required for adoption of a resolution on first reading. Alternatively, one member may request a resolution on first reading to go to committee. Seeing no names on the roster, Madam Clerk, would you please call, Supervisor. oh, I'm sorry, Supervisor Melgar. Uh, so, sorry, I wanted to be added to number 26, please. The record will reflect that Supervisor Melgar has co-sponsored item 26. Supervisor, no, uh, you're currently on there. Yep, you are. Walton Ronan. 27. I'm so sorry. Noted. It, <laughs> Catherine, thank you. Sorry about that. Okay, and Supervisor Stephanie is the sponsor of 27. Supervisor Safai. Uh, please add me as a sponsor to item number 27 as well. Co-sponsor to item 27, Supervisor Walton. Thank you, President Peskin. I thought I was also a sponsor, co-sponsor 27. Please add me. Noted. Seeing no other names on the roster on the adoption without committee reference calendar, a roll call, please. On items 26, 27, 28, and 29, Supervisor Safayi. Safayi, aye. Supervisor Stephanie. Aye. Stephanie, aye. Supervisor Walton. Aye. Walton, aye. Supervisor Chan. Chan, aye. Supervisor Dorsey. Dorsey, aye. Supervisor Engardio. Engardio, aye. Supervisor Mandelman. Aye. Mandelman, aye. Supervisor Melgar. Aye. Melgar, aye. Supervisor Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. Supervisor Preston. Preston, aye. And Supervisor Ronan. Ronan, aye. There are 11 ayes. Those resolutions are adopted and motions approved. Madam Clerk, would you please read the in memoriam? Today's meeting will be adjourned in memory of the following beloved individual on behalf of Supervisor Peskin for the late Reynaldo Timosa Novicio, Jr. We are adjourned. <laughs>